Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. There are also special interests that are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled Preventing and Repairing Cardiovascular Damage Naturally. Hello, Charles. Hey, how are you, Aubrey? Um, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, this is like hot off the press. I mean, I just submitted <laughs> this article yesterday for a peer-reviewed journal, which I hope gets accepted. I think it will. And the upshot of this is that I've been getting a lot of people, younger people, who are getting cardiac uh, problems. I mean, this these vaccinations, unfortunately, are causing some serious problems for people in the 18 to 38, 39 age group. And mm -hmm. many, many of them are young men. And it's because they're getting this uh, myocardiasis. And uh, this is the inflammation of the lining of the heart. And who knew that this would be something that they would have to deal with? This is what happens when you rush out a vaccination without doing any long-term studies. And I understand they didn't feel they had the time to do that, but when these cases started to come forward, I think they should have modified the whole requirement to say, look, if you have some kind of a chronic illness, especially a heart or cardiovascular illness, you should probably not be required to do this vaccination because there's just too many people that are dying from it. And there's too many people are ending up with long-term uh, cardiac problems. So I've been helping people uh, when they first got the COVID-19 virus back in 2020. And I've been noticing this early on. I mean, mm -hmm. almost every person that I treated as a COVID long hauler had heart problems. And I, I saw this way before the studies started to come out. Because when you're actually helping people and giving them advice, these things come out very quickly. So I knew yep. like early in 2020 that this was a problem. So I've been kind of accumulating a lot of information on it. And one of the things that I came up with was how can you repair this? I mean, there aren't very many good programs out there that says once you've had a heart attack or once you've had a virus that's caused damage to your heart or your circulatory system, can you repair that damage? And it turns out, after doing all the scientific studies that and research that I had to do, this is absolutely possible. Mm -hmm. But first, I think as we, you and I always talk, we need to do prevention first. And so let's talk about prevention. You know, eating uh, the things that cause this this disease, eating an unhealthy diet, being overweight or obese, uh, excessive alcohol use, uh, having diabetes that should have been detected sooner but wasn't, having high blood pressure, being chronically stressed, uh, not having enough physical activity, 
uh, having low levels of magnesium in your body and uh, having a bad LDL, HDL, cholesterol lever, that's the cholesterol markers in the body, and consuming alcohol and, and the tobacco, rather. And so these are the things that kind of create the, the, uh, the stage for this. And I'd like you to get your reaction to some of those that you've kind of noticed in your research or your studies. What, what are some of the uh, suggestions that you have in those areas? Well, I mean, I think, you know, one of my biggest concerns is that, as we've talked about in other podcasts, that we're such an immune-compromised um, country from our dietary habits, from our lifestyle habits, from our sedentary habits, and from our stress load. And so I agree with you, um, changing the diet is central um, and being aware of where you have susceptibility to heart complications is really necessary. Um, and I think, you know, we see the evidence of this, that infants born today have higher levels of chemicals and toxins and carcinogens in the umbilical cord than we've ever documented before. We also see atherosclerotic plaques in infants born because of what the mother has ate during pregnancy. And so I think there can be a natural assumption at this point in time that we all are have cardiovascular susceptibility because of multiple factors. And so at that point in time, prevention is truly the conversation that we have to talk about. And it's not just a matter of making sure we're eating enough fiber, which is really, you know, one of the biggest places that we can see um, mitigation of cardiovascular risk. But also, how do we keep the endothelial um, lining really um, in its integrity? And so we need to address what kind of fats, what kind of oils we're consuming, how high our phytochemical load is, so how many fruits and vegetables we're eating and what kind of fruits and vegetables we're eating. Um, are they organic? Are they wild? Um, have they had any exposure to pesticides? Were they allowed to ripen um, in the soil? Is it coming from regenerative farming practices? Um, and then also the role of clean water. I think we just can't discount of how hydrated we're staying or how the, the lack of hydration that we're having because that's playing a humongous role within cardi cardiovascular health. Wow. You, you, you said a mouthful there. I'll, I'll, I'll go backwards on this list. <laughs> water is key because there's so many toxins in the water. And I'm sorry, but most municipal water systems do not filter out all right. the toxins. In fact, in Toronto, uh, when I lived there, they took care of about 20 of these carcinogenic chemicals. But there were over 200 in the water in Lake Ontario. And so there was 180 of them they weren't even looking at. And they also have this thing where they look at the individual carcinogen and say, okay, that's a safe level of that individual carcinogen. But what happens when you total up all the carcinogens? They don't do that. They don't mm -hmm. look at the accumulative carcinogenic potential. And I can tell you right now that you are 100% right about the mothers because they've now done a study of mother's milk for mothers and children in the uh, 50 to 100 mile radius of the Great Lakes. They could not find one mother's milk that was safe to drink. Mm -hmm. Now, that means not, not that there's some things in it, but not safe to drink means 
there was enough bad things in it that they it shouldn't be consumed by the baby because it was that filled with all these chemicals. Now we're getting more and more evidence that there's pharmaceuticals that are actually showing up in the water supply. So the pharmaceuticals that people are consuming, the drugs, are getting into the water system and now we're reconsuming them in the water that we're drinking. And so I'm sorry, but you know, I haven't used tap water for 30, 35 years, ever since I did that study in Toronto about the water mm -hmm. system. And uh, I make sure that when I do drink something, it's been tested and I know what's in it. And so those were really, really good uh, starting points. Now, the, the other thing is we, we know that weight is a problem. And, and one of the things that I tell people, you should only eat enough calories that equals 10 times your body weight. So if you're 150 pounds, you should eat 1,500 calories a day. And that will keep you out of stable weight as long as you're eating healthy foods. And what happens is people don't eat healthy foods and then their body craves those nutrients. And people don't understand, why do I have these cravings? Well, these cravings are your body screaming out for the nutrients that you're not giving it. When you eat a really healthy diet, and you can go with, you can go for 14, 15 hours without a meal and your body doesn't say a thing. It just does not say a thing because you've got all the nutrients that you really need. So people don't understand that those cravings come from the lack of nutrition in your diet. So we're going to go all over that. I, I recommend the Mediterranean diet, a plant-based Mediterranean diet with some, some uh, sort of healthy protein in it, but not red meat and certainly not dairy. I haven't had any dairy since I was probably 19 years old. And that's a long time ago. I won't even tell you how long, but you can get most of your calcium from greens. <laughs> and so this is what's a misunderstanding. And I, I say to people, well, where do the cows get their calcium? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they eat grass, for God's sakes. And so that kind of destroys the myth that we need dairy. We absolutely don't. And, and so even with children, if you insist, I say, let, you know, let them eat some really under-processed goat's milk or sheep's milk. The cow's milk is the worst kind because it has too many hormones and steroids in it. And the cow's milk uh, molecule is too big. It doesn't process really well in the human body, especially in children. So those are some of the sort of basics. And I, I, I love your idea about the antioxidants because the more vitamin C you have in your body, the more you can neutralize the damage of these chemicals and these free radicals that are circulating. And that's where heart disease really comes from. It doesn't come from cholesterol. Cholesterol is the repair agent. So if you have damage where uh, one of these free radicals has gone into your bloodstream and stolen an electron, from one of your healthy cells because all electrons are supposed to be paired it steals one of them and then you end up with damage in your endothelial lining of your arteries and your and your blood vessels and then it has to be repaired well guess what cholesterol is called upon to come and repair that and guess what it's not a perfect uh, a perfect uh, match it's not a, a smooth it's got a little lump there and then if you eat something with fat in it or something with calcium in it it kind of builds up, and that's how plaque builds up. So higher levels of vitamin C, because vitamin C has an extra electron, and it mm -hmm. can actually say to the free radical, oh, don't take it from the artery. Yeah, I'll give it to you. 
People in their 80s that have had high levels of vitamin C have absolutely zero plaque in their bodies. From fruits and vegetables, and unfortunately, probably from some supplements, that will get you into a healthy status with your, with your arteries. What else you got that you want to add to this, whether it's in weight loss or some of these other categories that I mentioned? I mean, I think weight loss comes when we get away from simple carbohydrates and we focus on more complex carbohydrates. And the only place we're going to get complex carbohydrates is when we're eating foods that are non-processed and are specifically plant-based. And so we see that weight loss can happen pretty easily for a lot of individuals if we're giving our body one, the correct serving size and also a really large amount of diversity. Um, and that means, you know, eating legumes like in most of the blue zones that are not dealing with the cardiovascular disease risk that we're dealing with or in places in the world that are not seeing myocarditis um, increases. They're having a high amount of fruits and vegetables, anywhere from 15 to 21 servings a day, but they're also eating beans and legumes on a daily basis. And I think the beans and the legumes cannot be discounted because they're one of the most important things. They're also extremely high as complex carbohydrates. Um, and then I also think that there is this role that we have to address um, with the increasing of cardiovascular complications of making sure our gut microbiome is in check and we are decreasing the amount of inflammation and circulation. And so that gut brain access is stimulated by either the absence of bacterial colonies or the presence of good bacteria and prebiotics and probiotics. So delivering fermented foods in varying forms every single day and also playing, paying attention to the mind-body medicine piece. Are you meditating? How it are you deep breathing? Are you having nature exposure? Um, all of those pieces play a role within cardiovascular uh, attunement. Sure, because cortisol is, is one of the hormones that's uh, created uh, when you're under stress. And this is a toxin uh, that yep. gets treated in the body just like any other free radical. And so you have to make sure you know what your cortisol levels are. When I ask people, do you know what your cortisol levels are? No. It's not in my blood. It's not in my blood work. Well, why not? Because the doctor doesn't recommend it. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that we came up with in this research was these are all the tests that your doctor should be recommending. I'm going to go over them very carefully, but I'm not going to cover them a lot because, you know, people can go back and listen to the program again. And I am going to publish this article. But here are the things that are on this uh, cardiovascular risk analysis. Vitamin D3, the glycomark test, which is the best test for glucose because the A1C is not good enough and total glucose is not good enough. But this glycomark test really gives you your, your fasting and your after meal levels of glucose in your body. If everybody got this glycomark test, they could find out five to 10 years before they get diagnosed with diabetes that they have it. And this is also this great test for heart disease. Homocysteine is another one. That's the balance of B6 and B12 and folic acid in your body. Without those, those three things, you can't break down an amino acid to make hormones and neurotransmitters. So if you have brain challenges or you have some hormonal challenges, check your vitamin B levels because 
and, and make sure you do it in a homocysteine test because that's going to be the, the first thing you're going to recommend is to get that balanced with more B6, more B12, and more folic acid. C-reactive protein doesn't show up on a lot of people's blood work because that's the measure of how much inflammation is in your body. But if you got that measure and you found out it was higher, you'd say, wait a minute, something's wrong here. I've got inflammation that's getting out of control. I better start to eat more fruits and vegetables and do things that are going to lower that. Mm -hmm. And this is the magic one. This I've been promoting this for the whole time we've been doing the radio show. It's called the 8-O-H-G-D test. It actually measures the accumulative DNA damage being done by your cells, uh, into your cells, over the past years of your life, the total years of your life. So if you've been exposed to toxins, and if you've not eaten properly, and you've been under stress, this DNA damage accumulates, and this is a urine test, you can actually find out how much DNA damage you have had in your lifetime, and then you can start to take measures to reduce it. You can actually reduce this level. Galactin-3 is another one. That measures fibrosis. And when fibrosis develops in your cells, that's kind of the precursor to disease. That's one of the first stages of disease development. This is not in any of the blood tests that are out there for people on a regular yeah. basis. The oxygen test. You know these oxygen meters where you can just stick that on your finger and see how much your oxygen level is? Yep. That people should. Everyone should own one of those. I mean, it's like $25.00. It tells you whether your circulation is working because if you don't have levels of like uh, 96, 97, 98 out of 100, then you've got impaired circulation. And that's a problem and you should do something about it. Everybody should have one of those. Cortisol, we already mentioned, that's that measure of stress in your body. There's also what they call the VEGF test. It's the, the vascular endothelial growth uh, uh, exam. And that's going to measure whether there's things going on with your endothelial lining that shouldn't be going on. The GGT test is the test for your serum levels that measures stress. And it's also a pretty good test for whether your liver is functioning or not. And then there's a test for magnesium called the magnesium RBC test. And people don't get this test. And, and this is a much better test than just the, 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 the serum magnesium because this will actually give you a better picture of how much magnesium is in your red blood cells. Now, vitamin C, this is a blood test. We can actually test our levels of vitamin C. Remember, that's the nutrient that actually neutralizes those free radicals in your body. Coenzyme Q10 is an enzyme that actually increases energy production in your cells. You can measure that and find out whether that's working or not in your body because you get lots of coenzyme Q10 from dairy and red meat, but we don't eat dairy and red meat, so we probably have to take a supplement to get it, but you don't know that until you get the test. The D-dimer, uh, that's a test that's gained fame now with this COVID-19 because if you get the D-dimer test, you can find out whether the vaccination that you've had is causing new blood clots but it has to be done within 10 days of you getting your, your vaccination. And this can happen with the, the Johnson & Johnson as well as the Moderna and the Pfizer. This can, mm -hmm. These blood clots are possible, but this D-dimer test is really excellent because it only measures those blood clots that have kind of happened in the 10-day the, the, uh, period from when the incident was, and the incident in this case is the vaccination. And omega-3-6 ratio, 
as you know, they take omega-3s out of the processed foods because it oxidizes. And so you leave in the, the, the omega-6s and people are ending up with ratios, instead of one to one, which it should be, one to 10, one to 20 of sixes to threes. This is inflammation. This is, you know, unfortunately, omega-6 is an inflammatory marker and omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. So you've got the uh, prothrombin time test, which really helps to measure what's going on with proteins in your body, whether there's blood clotting happening or not, and whether coagulation is good enough. And then it's a new test. It's called the MRI plaque view. Not very many places have it, but it actually hmm. gives you a picture of the stabilization of any plaque that you have. To, so you can know whether this plaque is vulnerable to rupture and to cause a heart attack. And then finally, this pulse cardiac test, the P-U-L-S. This is an amazing test. It's expensive, but it will also tell you whether these plaques, if you have them, and we probably all have some, whether there are lesions forming that actually will cause a rupture because it's mostly these ruptures that cause a heart attack. It's not building up the plaque so that it actually closes the artery. A majority of these heart attacks happen because these lesions will rupture and the plaque will flip over and cause a blockage or cause a clot to actually go into the bloodstream. So this PULS test is really, really valuable. And it's a PULS cardiac test. And it's expensive, but remember, it measures many different things in one test so that you can get a biomarker examination of how healthy your arteries are. And then the other test, the MRI plaque test, that will give you an idea of exactly where they are. So these two tests together are very, very powerful. So sorry to go on and on, but there were 18 of these things that people should have many of them in their tests already, but some of them that you have, a, if you have a heart condition or you think you do, you should actually be using those further tests that I mentioned at the end. What's your thinking on this? I'm, well, I mean, you just hold down the testing piece so well that I'm so grateful for it because I feel like my application with clients at this point in time has been um, a lot more small scale of, you know, increasing uh, phytochemical load through using a lot of seaweeds and sea algaes and mitigating those cortisol levels as frequently as possible. And so meditation, deep breathing, guided imagery, binaural beats, creativity, um, self-actualization, all of those places, you know, are ways that we increase our efficacy. And I think that's what I appreciate about you talking about the testing is the more information we have about how our body is functioning and epigenetics of our body, um, the better we are able to be equipped at making long-term dietary and lifestyle changes, especially as we're seeing the immediate consequences of the vaccination, but also the long-term consequences of COVID long haul. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a worry out there, and and I, I don't like to be an alarmist, but there's a worry out there that people who've either had the COVID-19 virus or been vaccinated, that there's, there's doctors and scientists that are starting to say, we think that there could be damage being done in the body that isn't detectable 
by symptoms. And so one group from uh, Mount Sinai said, we think there's going to be an explosion of kidney disease because this virus attaches to this spike protein, which is part of the ACE2 receptor cells on our cells. And it, when it does that, it only attaches to about about 25% of the vaccine attaches to the actual site. The other 25% of the vaccination materials go circulating in the blood. Unfortunately, that accounts for about 30 billion cells that are circulating freely and finding these ACE receptors and uh, ACE2 receptors and actually doing damage to the kidneys, the liver, the heart, the lungs, the brain, the intestines, and now the sexual organs. And we're now finding an increase in cancer, uh, ovarian cancer in women. And they, they don't know the exact cause of it, but they're seeing such disproportionate rates for people who've been vaccinated or who have had the COVID yeah. virus that it's concerning. And so yeah. that's why I came out with this whole idea of, well, let's repair this damage as, as, as quickly and as efficiently as we can. And so the whole principle, this thing is based on the six stages of cellular deterioration, uh, which is, is based on cells becoming stressed first, then weakened, then challenged. This is where the fibrosis kicks in when cells become challenged. But then the fourth category is when they become dysfunctional. That's when the high blood pressure comes up, when the high glucose levels come up on the ordinary blood test, high cholesterol comes up. That's when doctors diagnose most things in stage four of these the six stages. And then if it continues, they go to mutated. That's where damage to the DNA is being done in every cell. And then the, the sixth strategy, uh, stage is a disease. We try to catch everything in stages one, two, and three, stressed, weakened and challenged the yep. more cells that we can catch moving in that direction the more chance there is to reverse whatever disease it is and so the whole principle of this protocol is based on okay these vaccinations and these infections are early early onset and so now we can find it before it gets into this dysfunctional mutated disease category and so that's the whole idea present this article and say, people, eat this better diet, take these supplements, get these tests, and you can avoid. Now they're saying there's going to be a spike in Alzheimer's cases. Mm -hmm. Because what's one of the things people are complaining about? Brain fog, memory. Mm -hmm. Now, have you had anybody in your circle of friends and family that have either had the virus or have had one of these Johnson & Johnson or any of the Pfizer or Moderna tests? Yeah, I've had both. Okay. And experienced symptomologies across um, those that are vaccinated versus those that have natural immunity at this point in time. But the brain fog, the extreme exhaustion, and you know the inflammation increase is definitely coherent across the board. So you're 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 seeing the same kinds of thing yep. in, in, in the in the people that you're uh, you're you're connected with. And yeah. are you are you reading any of the articles as well, or are you getting any, getting some consistent information from the research that you've done on the on the internet? Yeah, I'm definitely. I think there's a lot of nutrients and vitamins and minerals that we're still 
not actively and fully studying. Yesterday, I was looking at an herb that is being studied for its ability to help with reduction of cardiovascular inflammation, specifically related to COVID, um, both prior to exposure and then post-exposure. So, you know, with my interest being in food as medicine, it's one of those places that this is a bigger conversation, as you know, of how do we receive research funds um, to do research that is actually empowering individuals to prevent the diseases. And that is a whole other political conversation that you and I can get into at another time. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you're exactly right. And But that is a problem. And yep. now what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to locate uh, people who are uh, investors, uh, you know, financiers who have money that want to close this gap. And yeah. they, they want to get more of the natural things being tested, and 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 being able to be in in the public eye, so that, so that we can really understand how these how these diseases are happening, and and I think again, if COVID has done anything positive, it's it's brought our attention to to some of these problems. In this case, the heart problem. Here are some of the nutrients I've done the research, and these are the nutrients that actually have the ability. We call them nutraceuticals because they're so strong. They're like pharmaceuticals only. They're from natural substances. And so these are the ones that actually have been shown to repair the damage being done uh, by either a heart attack or a stroke or uh, with, uh, mitocardosis, uh, these things that are caused by the vaccinations or the infections. Vitamin C, vitamin D3, modified citrus pectin, which is uh, a nutrient that comes from the the skin of the grapefruit, and then it's modified with uh, heating and pH changing. And anyway, it has this incredible ability to actually neutralize the fibrosis that's occurring in the body. Remember I mentioned the galactin-3 test? Well, we can actually see that with the consumption of this modified citrus pectin, we see people's galactin-3 levels going down every month. So much so, that when men were studied that had high PSA levels, uh, that's the prostate uh, antigen, they were able to get a 70% reduction in PSA levels within 12 months. And so that's a significant clinical res response. And so now many doctors are using modified citrus pectin as a treatment for different cancers like prostate cancer mm -hmm. and breast cancer, and they're getting amazing results. Coenzyme Q10 is this cofactor that not only increases the energy production in the cells, it also acts as a protector of the nucleus of the cell from further DNA damage. So it's serving double duty, this, this great coenzyme Q10. We, we recommend uh, ubiquinol as the, uh, as, as the right, right formula as opposed to ubiquinone. And the other one of the others that is shown to have this protection against the damage to the cells is magnesium. It actually shows that if you have increased levels of magnesium in your blood, in your RBC magnesium test, you will reduce your risk of having damage to your cells. Berberine, uh, which is a plant, and uh, this is one that actually helps to bring the glucose from the inside of the cell. The magnesium brings the glucose and the oxygen to the outside of the cell and sends it inside the, the membrane, but it doesn't deliver it to the mitochondria where energy is produced. The berberine 
actually takes that glucose and oxygen and delivers it to the mitochondria so that it can be used for energy instead of having it circulate in the bloodstream. So magnesium and berberine are not only good for heart disease, but diabetes, because it keeps the sugar out of the bloodstream. And this other one is called specialized pro-resolving mediators. This, this comes from fish. These are special molecules found in fish that are able, when they're concentrated, they're actually able to not only resolve inflammation in an amazing way, they're now being used to treat cancer. And so we have different, what they call resolvents, D1, D2, D3, D4, D5, D6. They're actually being put into intravenous treatments to actually help people be cured of their cancer. So this is what we call an adjunct therapy. You can use this in combination with other treatment modalities, but combining it, you, you, you tap down the inflammation, reduce the pain, and increase the ability of the cells to function better because now you've really controlled the inflammation and, and gotten the cancer under control. Another one is uh, astaxanthin, and uh, that's, that's really uh, a red pigment uh, from, from an algae. You know, that's, that's an amazing thing. I mean, you, you talk about algae all the time, and uh, this is one of the ones that's really, really powerful in terms of being an, an antioxidant and helping with circulation. And the amino acid that, that, that's been found to have this regenerative capability in the heart and circulatory system is L-terrine. L-terrine is really, really concentrates in the brain and in the heart. And so it influences so many cellular functions that it's just a, 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 an automatic given for everybody that wants to prevent and probably reverse any damage to their heart or their circulatory system. Vitamin E, vitamin E, which you know you should have mixed tocopherols in your pill so that you have a dominant gamma, but you have alpha, beta, and, and delta as well. But vitamin E is really, really powerful uh, for, the, for the heart and the membrane of the heart cells. And then there's one that, that you just, uh, I don't know whether this one you were talking about, but it's called arteriosil. And arteriosil mm -hmm. is also one of these red pigments from algae in the sea. It's amazing in its ability to not only improve heart health, but improve the, the, uh, the removal of plaque from the body, from the capillaries of the body. And so these are amazing, amazing elements. We have a, a kind of a, an honor roll of other supplements that are, are successful and good, like D-ribose and L-carnitine and NAD and omega-3 oils and grapeseed extract and folate and L-arginine and serapeptase and natokinase and leverkinase and hawthorn berry. These are kind of like the honor roll of other supplements that are also effective. So I, I know that was a long list, but I think people need to know that this damage that's being done either by this virus or an existing heart condition, this can be managed and this can be reversed. And so um, I, 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 I know that I'm a bigger fan of these supplements than you are, but that's because I'm twice as old as you are, Aubrey, or <laughs> close to it. <laughs> so these are, these are things that I'm paying a lot of attention to because I want to continue to do this work for a long, long time. And so I eat the perfect diet if I can every day, and I take as many of these healthy supplements as I can, too, on a preventative basis. So what's your thinking on that list of, of uh, supplements? I think it was really extensive, and it gives people a fantastic place to begin. 
Yeah, I think that, yeah. uh, you know, this is the same formula. I mean, we, we, we talked the other day uh, when we talked about uh, the, the, the time it takes to cook a food properly, to, to, to purchase it and then cook it. And I said, well, it's probably for every minute that you don't cook the food properly or, or take the time to, to, to source the food properly, you're going to spend 10 or 20, 30 minutes later on in your life for every minute that you didn't do something, you're going to be doing that in treating the illness or the disease that you created by not shopping for the right foods and eating the right foods. And in this case, also paying attention to certain supplements because there are some that are extremely powerful. They have more science behind them than any nutraceutical, known, any pharmaceutical known to mankind. And so that's a bold statement, but I'm going to say it. These nutraceuticals are stronger scientifically than any pharmaceutical that's out there. And so if you build up your natural immunity, if you build up your natural heart health, there's no reason that you can't get the COVID uh, infection and manage it very, very easily. I, I, I'm reluctant to say this, but I have not had a cold or a flu for over 40 years. Hmm. And it's because I've been eating the right things and taking the right supplements. And if I do feel something happening in my body, I start to take a few little extra things that are in my refrigerator. And within a couple hours, it's gone. I've never had any feeling of flu or cold for more than an hour or two. So, I don't know, I'm a case study of one, but, you know, so so far it's working. And a lot of other people are get, getting it as well. Um, as, as, as your family noticed uh, uh, a, a kind of a, a, a lessening over the years of, of your exposure to these colds and flu things as well? How's your son doing? How are you doing? How are your family members doing that are paying attention to what you promote? Uh, yeah, everybody? everybody that is paying attention is doing Absolutely fine. And yes, uh, my son and I have definitely had a reduction over the years as we've gotten stronger into our healthcare practices. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's what we need. We need, we need uh, anecdotal evidence and I have the clinical evidence and, but somehow or other people aren't kind of understanding it, but you know what? The ones who listen in on our show, they're getting it. I'm that's getting right. emails from people almost every day. I listen to your show. It said we should do this. Where do I get that? <laughs> how do I, how do I source that? And so that's really encouraging. And these are from all over the country. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're getting calls and, uh, and, and emails from Canada, from the West Coast of the United States. And, uh, you know, I've had some from Brazil and, and other cities, other countries around the world. And so they're finding us. And uh, I think great. that's just great. Yeah, I, I really mm -hmm. feel good about it. And I'm so glad that you're my partner in this. And uh, I just like <laughs> to take pleasure. a couple of minutes and say who our sponsors are. Uh, one of our sponsors is Paddock Pools. And Paddock Pools has this amazing vacuum extractor that takes chlorine gas uh, off of the pool surface. This chlorine gas is created by the chlorine in the water and and the combination with the body fluids, so the saliva and other things that are in the body that we get uh, get into the water. And so this causes a real uh, toxic stew, if you will. And this extractor takes these toxins off of the surface of the pool so that people swimming can actually swim in good oxygenated water. And that means you don't have this depletion of zinc and vitamin D3 that happens when you consume this uh, chlorine water this chlorine gas, 
and that's just going to make for a healthy swim. And so if you have a pool project in your community and uh, you want to make sure that it's going to be a healthy swim uh, in the future, make sure you look into this, uh, this uh, program by Paddock Pools with this vacuum extractor. Another one is MPB Health, and this is a medical cost sharing uh, company, and they have programs that are really wellness focused, at wellness education, and uh, doing all the things that you and I talk about on the radio show as much as they can for their members. And, and that's why they're able to provide these services, which are the equivalent to, to insurance services, for about 30 to 50% less than insurance can. And so insurance is going up all the time. Health insurance is just going through the roof, and MPB Health has maintained a lower cost uh, for their services, which are very much equivalent to health insurance. So MPB Health, uh, listen to their videos and try to get in contact with uh, one of the 800 numbers there. Get some more information on it because you won't be sorry you did. And the other company, one of the other companies is Southern Trust Financial. It's a Sarasota company. I've been working with them for 15 or 20 years now. And their idea is, okay, we're going to help people that, that want to have help to uh, make money in the stock market or other investments, but we're going to make sure they can enjoy that wealth. And so we're going to try to get Dr. Benz and his company to help support us in the workshops and other articles and newsletters that we provide. And so this has really been a good partnership for us with, uh, with Southern Trust Financial and Mark Wolf, and we're really glad that they're continuing to be one of our sponsors for our program. And finally, DHA Labs, Daniel Hansen is the head honcho there, working with me to develop some really good blood tests for wellness, for immunity, for cancer, for brain, for heart disease. And so these tests are available on my website, drcharlesbenz.com. And if you go there and get one of those tests, uh, you're going to get all, a lot of this information that we talked about today is going to be on a future test for heart disease, which we're going to probably develop and put on the website within the next week or two. So DHA Labs is really a great testing company, and you can use them as a personal testing company. They have their own doctors. You don't have to have a doctor do the test. Just uh, get in contact with them, find out what your condition is, what tests you want. They'll connect you with one of their doctors. They'll get the test out for you, and then you can look at the results. You can send them to your doctor. Uh, they'll also give you a little bit of a review of what's involved with the test results, and that's really valuable. So thanks to all our sponsors. They do a great job helping to support us. And uh, Aubrey, thanks again for all your hard Thank work you. on behalf of all the people that listen to us. And we just hope we can get our audience to grow and grow and learn more and more. And uh, this is just a great program. I appreciate you working with me on it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.